Hello and welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast. This is a podcast about the church and for the church. I'm Connor. I'm here with Mike. We're excited to be with you. We're going to do a podcast on the subject of baptism and specifically ask the question, how should we evaluate situations where somebody has been baptized when they were younger, um, but then maybe they're older, college age, high school age, even maybe an older adult, and they have this sense that when they were baptized the first time, they maybe didn't have the full picture, didn't fully understand what was going on, so they decided to get baptized again. Um, that was a really long intro. Shorter version is, what do we do with people who say, I need to be rebaptized? Um, maybe because I've moved towards some greater understanding, greater maturity. Um, I see things now. Mike, let me, um, let me ask you a question to just get us, um, to get us rolling here. Mm-hmm. What, and in conversations that you've had with people, why do people desire to get rebaptized? You know, oh, I was baptized when I was eight, but now a 20-year-old person comes to you and says, I think I really should be baptized again. Mm-hmm. What are the reasons that people give? Well, the reasons they give is they'll say, hey, I don't think I was really a Christian back then. Mm-hmm. And or they'll say, I don't think I really was ready or I didn't really understand what I was doing. OK, and I want to blow that out of the water. I actually want to blow that out of the water. I don't want to um, twist the scriptures in any way. I want to sh- let the scriptures speak, because with baptism, we create this like new cultural phenomena i think especially with the jesus revolution movie that came out Mm. everyone wants to get baptized at the beach i was watching a video of a baptism the other day where it was so staged and you have to jump out of the water to get your picture your photo op you know with your t-shirt that says you know jesus saves gave me new life or something like that and and I, i i get all of that but since when have we made baptism this this moment where everyone claps at you for you Okay. Yeah. Point well taken. And it's like, it just, it just kind of irks me. Hmm. I'm like, wait a minute. Your baptism is, is your death sentence. Hmm. I'm going to deny myself and follow Jesus for the rest of my days. Yeah. Like this is not fun and games. This is not, and I get the fact that we're excited about something, but can we peel that back and look at what the Bible says about baptism? Because I do think real Christians should get baptized. I don't think unbelievers should get baptized i don't think people faking it should get baptized and i realize there could be a situation where someone says you know i actually deceived everyone at the moment i really knew i wasn't a believer and i went and got baptized Mm. because for the clapping or for the attention or for the new bible or for the t-shirt or whatever it was and for the and and then i know that i really wasn't okay that's different but for someone who says i got baptized at age seven and now i'm 18 and I didn't really know Jesus then. So 18-year-old you is judging seven-year-old you. Funny thing is all of us knew seven-year-old you and you were very earnest. Hmm. Okay? Yeah. Secondly, oh, I just got more committed. Great. The Christian life is one of repentance. Luther right. said that, right? When God willed the Christian life, he willed that it would be one of repentance, mm-hmm. continual repentance. Mm-hmm. So yes, you should be saying, I am more committed <laughs> now to Christ than I ever was yep. before. That's right. But let's break it down what the Bible says, okay? And I think this will even go in. You could even make the title of this, Why You Shouldn't uh, Withhold the Water to Young Children Who Want to Be Baptized. Again, not their parents pushing them, but they they profess faith and want Mm -hmm. to be baptized. Mm -hmm. Or anyone of any age, Mm -hmm. okay? An 85-year-old who wants to get baptized as a new believer. And what about the whole rebaptism thing, okay? So let's look and see what the Bible says. Matthew 28, all right? So 16 to 20, here we go. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, okay, who'd they see? 
the resurrected Jesus. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Now as you're going and making disciples, here's what you're to do. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. You break that down. You're to go. And as you're going, you're to make disciples. People come to faith in Christ. You preach the gospel of, of, of Christ crucified, risen, and coming again. He shed his blood in our place as our substitute. He died on the cross. He went in the grave. Three days later, he arose. And he's coming back with blessing for those who believe and judgment for those who don't. And you make disciples. People come to faith in Christ. They repent of their sins. They turn to Christ. And what are you to do? Baptize them. Doesn't say wait until they're a good enough Christian or wait until you see fruits of repentance. It doesn't say this, okay? Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them. So you baptize them as a new believer. Uh, I use an example of a wedding ceremony. Mm -hmm. You put a wedding ring. You don't say to someone, we're going to get you married here today. I'm going to pronounce you man and wife. We're not going to give you rings for six months. We want to make sure that you're really going to be married. Okay? It's a great you point. get the ring and then you grow into marriage. Now, yeah, yeah. every illustration breaks down at some point. So I'm not saying that's exact. Yeah. What I'm saying is in the scriptures, the New Testament does not know of a conversion without and a baptism right away. A company. Unless it's the thief on the cross who couldn't do it. Right. Okay. So just don't right. even think about that right. one. Okay. The idea is that you believe and are baptized. Day of Pentecost, Acts 2. It says some 3,000 people were saved that day. And we're baptized. They didn't say, now we're going to go through a discipleship class first. We're going to see if you're really going to be a Christian. We're going to see if your conversion was real. But how many parents, I've done the same thing. I have five kids, 20, 20 to 31 years old. When they were younger, I'm like, well, okay, let's see if you're, make sure we have a real profession of faith. And let's see if, if you're really walking with Jesus, then we'll let you get baptized. And I have come to reject that idea. And I reject it on biblical grounds. Is there a place for carefulness? Of course. Right. You don't want to just go around willy-nilly baptizing unbelievers. But if someone professes faith in Christ, let's say as a seven-year-old, and they want to obey Jesus, what is the first, Connor, what's the first discipleship uh, obedience command? What is it? To be baptized. To be baptized. Yeah. What are we going to say to kids? Hey, hey, little Johnny who's seven years old, you want to be baptized? I'm sorry, but I have to see if you're a real Christian. We have to wait till you're 16. And little Johnny should be turning around and asking you, what other command of Jesus do you not want me to obey? Hmm. Kids are concrete. Good call. So I'm not supposed to obey the command of Jesus, the very first one? Yeah. Might that be why we have so many weak disciples? Hmm. Okay? Yep. So so look, um, let's go back to this idea of, I understand the argument that someone gives they didn't understand it when they were younger. I understand it. They didn't understand it at the age they understand it now or the level they understand it now, but they understood it at the level that they were at the time. And God knows that. And he right. saves kids too. And right. That's why he's encouraged children to be brought to him. And, and why do we do child evangelism? I mean, look, we don't wait to preach the gospel to people until we think they can understand it. Right. Okay. I'm not the biggest fan of that line of reasoning. I totally understand how it comes about, how we could think of it that way. But the person that says at age 18 they didn't know what they were doing at age 10 doesn't know what they were thinking at age 10. Yep. Okay. And if they were sincere in believing, God knew it, understood it, 
saved them. They went and got baptized. The word tells us to do all that. Okay. So it, it goes against it goes against this idea of, oh, we have to wait until you know you show us right. the fruit. Right. Uh, it goes against um, the idea that you have to have some sort of litmus test. What it goes with is our understanding of God's grace in the gospel. Mm. He saves the undeserving, gives us his unmerited acceptance and forgiveness. Even when we cannot completely understand, it kind of goes, goes to what I said about, you know, if you wait till you fully understand uh, what Jesus says, you're not going to be obeying Jesus very often, right? Uh, you just receive what he says. And I hope that's making sense with you. Um, I, I totally understand the predicament we are in as humans. Um, that, you know, God's infinite. He gives his word to us. We're finite and we can muddy the waters. But God knows what he's doing when he saves someone. He knows what he's doing. He says, now you go get baptized. Hmm. It doesn't say you have to have the perfect understanding. You have to go through eight weeks of this or that, right. or that your parents need to see that you're obeying your parents better mm-hmm. and, and doing your schoolwork better and doing your chores and being a better citizen around the house. I, I think that teaches kids a works a works righteousness. Yep. So <laughs> here's another one. Should we not have vacation Bible school anymore? I mean, mm. why would we want to tell people about Jesus that might not understand it? Mm. I mean, come on. Yeah. Like, no, That's we're going to go and we're going to, we're going to tell people to believe in Jesus of any age. We're going to tell them to obey their parents. Cause the, so a, you can obey your parents, but you can't obey Jesus telling you to get baptized. What? Hmm. So yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, I know I'm, I'm with you. I'm appreciating this even just personally. I, when I was probably like 18, 18 to 20, uh, just lots of things were kind of clicking in my mind in new ways. And I, I was kind of um, kicking around the idea in my mind, oh, I was baptized when I was young. I wonder if I was really a believer then. Yeah. And I think it was probably a conversation with you and some of the other guys around here that helped me to see, no, you, you trust God's timing and grace in terms of growth at different stages of your life. But you also trust his grace at those young ages too. You know, And if your understanding of the gospel was simple but real, mm-hmm. if it was just a, a very simple... I. I trust in Jesus. I know he died for my sins. Maybe that's all. I mean, that's probably, you know, in a lot of young people's case, that's all you could or should know. And you live in light of that. Right. And you grow along the way. Just um, one more thing, even to just chime in with, I think that I can understand why somebody at a later time in life, when they're experiencing like a, a stage of explosive Christian growth would maybe be inclined to think, oh, wow, this feels so dynamic and rich. I wonder if I've just been saved for the first time. Um, you know, you know, hey, that's, that's not crazy, right? Like, right? you know, someone gets to college, maybe they start listening to sermons online or they just somehow um, the, the, yeah, God is just working through their, you know, life in the word and with fellowship in the church. And it's like this like, big things are happening in terms of growth, or at least it feels that way to them. And it starts to feel like, wow, man, I almost feel like I've just passed into this whole new, you know, category of Christian existence. I wonder if I've been saved for the first time. But just to give kind of a caveat with that, uh, one of our interns was talking this summer about a student at their school who every six months or so is getting saved again because they're, you know, they're experiencing this new, you know, threshold. And it's like, oh, now I see that I wasn't a believer before. Mm -hmm. Well, you said that seven months ago. Mm -hmm. Um, So it can actually be distasteful and ultimately result in a, a weakened appreciation for Jesus' grace, which is there for us in times of lesser growth as well as in times of greater growth. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Sorry, that was a little bit of a soapbox. No, there, it's but. great. It's great. I love what you were just saying. Acts 10, okay, 44. Peter was still saying these things. The Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. The believers among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed. 
because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. They were hearing them speaking in tongues. This is a accompanying miracles, right? That were uh, they were speaking in languages they had never learned uh, to to extol God. It said they were extolling God. Then Peter declared, "Can anyone withhold water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have?" And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked him to remain for some days. He commanded them to be baptized. So it's like Jesus commands you to be baptized. And it's like we should be saying to people when they get saved, okay, now you need to get baptized right now. We shouldn't be saying, now show all the fruits of repentance. You need to show us that you're really a Christian and all this. And I think we've taught parents to do this weird stuff. And let me just give you two quick stories from my own experience. One that I would do again and again and again. One that I wouldn't do again. Okay, the first one was I was driving in the car with our daughter, Alexandra. She's 31 now, but she was four at the time. I think it was four. We were reading the Bible on cassette, okay, and uh, early 90s. And it was, she says, Dad, I want to be baptized. <laughs> I'm like, what? She says, I want to be baptized. I'm like, well, honey, first you need to know Jesus, and you need to come to know Jesus, this, that, and the other. Then you can be baptized. She goes, okay, I want to do that. I said, okay, well, when we get home, she goes, stop the car, Daddy. <laughs> she says, stop the car. So I stopped the, the van. I was driving Angela's van at the time, Mercury Villager, 1995 mm. Mercury Villager. And I basically got in the back seat, 95 Mercury Villager, and I got in the back seat and we, we, she prayed to receive Christ. We went home, told Angela. So through the years, I reminded Alexandra of that day. And at the time, she's like, I don't remember that day. I said, but we do. Yeah. Okay, now. Hmm. So she got more and more committed to Christ, but it didn't mean she got saved over and over again. I mean, what do we believe about salvation? Second story. My son, Michael, um, you know, our second child, the family was like hammering him with the gospel and Allie one summer, summer of 2000. So he was, oh, how old was he? Two, uh, like six years five old. or six. six years old. He okay. was born in 94. So he was six years, almost six years old. So five something. And she was, just, we were in Virginia. She was just hammering him, preaching the gospel. And, uh, and he got saved on, on the, in, in this one room, you know, we're all together. And Allie goes, yeah, Michael became a Christian. So later on, and then he gets baptized. I don't know how old he was, maybe 10 or whatever. And um, when he wanted to get baptized, again, we're not, t- we're not tying these together too, too, too well, right? So then he, he goes through and gets out of high school or he's in high school or college. And he says, Dad, I think I really got saved when I was like in junior high. Because I want to get rebaptized." And so I kind of reasoned with him. I said, okay, da, 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 da. And I, he talked me into it and I let him do it. Okay, he got rebaptized here at Grace. So he got baptized at our old church. He got baptized here. And other people start doing the same thing because they're like, same thing. Well, I'm, I'm more committed now. And they didn't think they were saved before. What that calls into question, though, is God's grace in the gospel. And I'm not saying my son was deficient in that. I'm just saying that, like, I should have explained it more and said, son, I don't think this would be a very good idea for you to do this. The Bible doesn't give examples of getting rebaptized over mm-hmm. and over again mm-hmm. when you think you're more, mm-hmm. you know, you just go off of your testimony. And we know your testimony. And, I, and you got more more com- committed, and right. more convicted of your mm-hmm. sin and all of that. But it's, it, you don't want to walk around going, well, I wasn't saved before. Based on your understanding at this age, um, looking back on your, your, you know, from before. Right. I, I, we, should, we should wrap this one up. Soon, we need to wrap it up. One, yeah. one biblical example. I wonder what you think about this. Simon the Magician in Acts 8 mm-hmm. has an initial belief in the gospel and is baptized. But then he ends up pretty clearly showing that that he was not on the same page tries to buy the gifts of the apostles with money right they say okay may your silver or gold perish with you you, you thought you could get god's gift with money repent and and hopefully this will be forgiven of you um 
Mike, I don't know what you think. If Simon had, rep- if he repented, you know, and it, and it seems like maybe he did, um, and, and turned and, and wanted to follow the Lord and, in you know, not be kind of just trying to bribe his way into gifts or that kind of thing. Do you think that it would be, you know, the case that he would be rebaptized or would, would that just be a case of, Hey, you believed you were baptized and then you'd be like pretty quickly kind of went off the rails, but you came back and that's evidence of the Holy yeah. Spirit's work in your life. I don't know. Any thoughts about that? Yeah, well, yeah, I think that's a good, good um, example illustration. I think that if someone's gets saved, you get bit, you get, baptized once as a believer you should get baptized once as a believer um the bible just doesn't give examples of rebaptisms. okay uh, the bible gives the example of believers baptism by immersion and that's what we practice and we go off of someone's con- profession of faith but what we don't do is say now i'm going to watch you until i really know you're a christian which right. a lot of parents will do right. but we'll do that with other people as well like we might say to someone we don't think your testimony is solid and well, so if you don't think someone's a believer, you shouldn't baptize them. But you have to be really careful how you make those statements. You have to be convinced. It can't just be because you don't like what they well, chose yeah, here or there. Point. Yeah. Yeah. So I think this question is really important because it hits to the heart of our gospel preaching. We're called to go and make disciples and baptize them and then teach them. And I think that teaching, I think we're reaping the benefits, the the, the bad benefits, excuse me, the uh, the consequences of bad evangelism and bad discipleship through the years in the church in general, where we do, you know, weak kind of leaky evangelism, which kind of rounded edges and people don't know mm-hmm. what they're doing. They're just, I, one of the baptisms I watched recently, it said, I said yes to Jesus. Yep. Did you know that you were a sinner lost and under the wrath hmm. of God, you mm-hmm. know, or did you just say yes to Jesus? Yeah. Um, what does that mean? Right. And the other one is that the discipleship that about teaching people, what is the gospel? And what's your, what does it mean to give testimony to faith in Christ? What does it mean to be baptized? What does it mean to grow in Christ? What does it mean to show fruits of repentance? Mm-hmm. All of those mm-hmm. things. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think we could do a much better job of that in the church. And I want to do a much better job of that at Grace Church. I don't want to see a whole string of people getting rebaptized. Right. I want people remembering. Right. If I have to, I'll dust off the, uh, the, um, the testimony you gave and turned into us. Yeah. Or we'll go back and look at the video. Yeah. You can rewatch it and remind yourself. Yeah. You know, I think that's good. Yeah. And I think, you know, we have to have a belief in the power of the Holy Spirit to regenerate even young people. Yes. Um, and, and I, I don't know, you'd say to this, Mike, but I found I'm, I'm sitting down pretty often with our, like our high school or junior high kids when they're wanting to be baptized, hearing their testimony. And, uh, and oftentimes they can't place a particular day. Or, or moment, you know, sometimes they can. Right. I was, I, my dad pulled the car to the side of the road and we prayed to receive Christ right there. Sure. But a lot of times they can't. And I just tell people, that's okay. God, God has worked in your life at some point. You trust, you trust the gospel. Now you, your life is bearing fruit. And you, you know, it seems like you love Christ. So I don't think that, you know, we need to be like agonizing and doing all this soul searching about when was the, you know, in, in terms of people who've grown up in the church, mm-hmm. when did I really come to trust in Christ? If you're still trusting in Christ now, that's, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Like that's just good. Uh, support for the fact that he's been gracious to you and worked in your life and you can just leave it there and trust him. Yeah. yeah. How many times do you think Paul gave his testimony and said, by the way, it was on this date at this time. I don't know? even think he would have had that. Right. Yeah, exactly. That framework at all. Yeah. yeah. So I want to say one last thing and then we, you can bring it to a close, but I want to say one last thing because I don't want anyone to misunderstand me here. I want to talk especially to parents or to the person that's confused that is older now that doesn't think they were truly a believer when they were, when they were baptized at the beginning. Okay. 
we, especially to parents, we need to be very careful as we preach the gospel to our kids and um, make, you know, we can't make sure that they're truly saved, but we do need to look for the true marks of repentance and, and all of that. That said, um, our carefulness at times can put us in the mode of kind of the judgment seat of whether you're a believer or not. And I realized Jesus said, you'll know them by their fruits. There's this fine line. And especially for parents who care so much about their own kids. But it's very interesting. I care so much about my kids, but you're not caring about my kids as much as I'm caring about my kids. How much has to do with the way I'm perceived as a parent or or my kids being under, let's say I'm an elder, I'm an elder. I want my kids to be under control with all dignity. That's a good point. And I don't want to force them to be Christians or to, you know, make them be a certain way. God is sovereign in, in all of this. But I just want to say to anybody, any parent or anyone who's confused at all about this or you know, really kind of hung up about it, I would just say, look, we need to just, again, go back to make disciples and baptize them. Someone professes faith in Christ Unless you have reason to doubt the veracity of that, if, if you think they're lying, that's one thing. But if they are truly sincere about, I believe in Jesus, you must take them at their word mm. and then baptize them. Mm-hmm. And even when Peter commanded them to be baptized. Yeah. So anyway, that's I good. just yeah. just know that we love you all and we care about you. And I know this is a process, but again, let's go back to the scriptures again and again. I, the only other thing I would add is to say that once somebody is baptized, they're now treated as a member of Christ's community, mm-hmm. a member of a, a person who's been immersed in the union with Jesus himself, and they participate in his body. And so whether that person is 87 or seven, um, they're going to be now expected to live as a believer, called to repentance when there is sin in their life. Someone being baptized just puts them into the community of the church and allows everybody else to come alongside and encourage their Christian growth. So, right, which is why you don't want to wait. Why, why baptism and conversion are so closely linked right. in Scripture? Right, because what does that mean? That if you wait ten years, you weren't a mem- you weren't a part of the body of Christ. Good right? point. So yeah. we need to make sure we tie those together. That's yeah. why I did a post recently on baptism and church membership should be more closely linked because they right. are in scripture conversion and baptism yeah. baptism and membership yeah, yeah absolutely there's more to be said but we should wrap it up here listeners thanks so much for joining us appreciate you uh, we pray for you throughout the week and uh, we're grateful for you until next time god bless you have a great week and we'll talk to you next time on the podcast <laughs>